This podcast contains adult content, including cannabis. You're listening to Bellas Who Blaze. Everyday discussions elevating cannabis lifestyles from a female perspective. Welcome back to the season finale episode of the Bella Zoo Blaze podcast. If you're tuning in for the first time, welcome and thank you for joining. If you've listened to every single episode, thank you so much. We have really enjoyed putting all of this together. We are so thankful for every single guest who donated their time, their expertise, knowledge and story to share on here for all of us to learn from and listen into. Thank you to my sister who has been a huge contributor, co-producer, co-host, background advisor. Um, This season really couldn't have happened without you, along with everyone who's given me feedback, encouragement, and just the motivation to keep going. (laughs) Because there are definitely times where I questioned if this was going to be a good idea. And just thank you so much to all the supporters out there. Every single kind DM that we've received. That's really helped us continue to do what we're doing. And yeah, it really couldn't have happened without you. So I'm excited to have you back to close off season one. Welcome, sis. Yay, thank you. And congratulations for completing a whole season it's such an amazing accomplishment seeing you foster this baby of a podcast that it's been you know from conception till birth it's been such a process I've seen you go through the highs and the lows and I've definitely been over glorified as a co-producer co-host I'm definitely just the little assistant trying to help out wherever I can (laughs) and helping you bring this project to life and so I feel really grateful to be a part of it and I really like the kind of community you're trying to create with this podcast and the conversations you're trying to invoke. I think it's awesome and I feel so privileged to be a part of it. So yay, thank you and congratulations again. Such a big accomplishment. Thank you. Yeah, we really can't believe how quick this season has gone by. So thanking everybody out there for tuning in. And so we're back and ready to chat about cannabis for this last episode for season one. We're also really keen to do a bit of a season recap, talk about some of the guests that were on here, uh, some of the key things that we learned, our key takeaways, and also address the topic around consumption. What is normal, quote unquote, consumption? Do you have certain biases or stigmas that you don't know of or uh, that maybe you're completely well aware of around what normal, quote unquote, consumption is? So, Really keen to get into that. So speaking of our first guest on the Bella Zoo Blaze podcast was the lovely Dr. Dina. And what an incredible woman she is. I think she's so bold for doing what she's doing, especially in the time that she did it in. Um, She's been a huge inspiration to me as well, especially as a woman to see another woman being a badass in the industry and saying "This, this is what I believe in and fully pursuing that. So what did you think? What did you learn from Dina or what stuck out to you the most? After listening to her episode, I felt like I could be a confident stoner. (laughs) (laughs) The thing that really stuck with me in my head was the phrase unapologetic stoner. That was the words she used to describe Snoop Dogg, which I think is so cool that she's connected to Snoop Dogg. Mm. Anyway, I just thought, it's just the coolest thing. Like, why do I have to feel ashamed about something that gives me a lot of happiness and makes me feel good? Yeah, I am now an unapologetic stoner, and I'm going to have confidence in it, and that, (laughs) you know, this is me, and I like it, and 
your opinion does not matter to me. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we're here for it. Yeah, so she bold is definitely the word I would use to describe her in that episode. And I also like that she went from being that skeptic to being that person who judged someone who consumed cannabis but was having these health issues and then was like, actually, this really helps. And, and basically one of the world's most famous stoners was the one that like peer pressured her to consuming cannabis yeah even though we're not we're not supporting peer pressure here but mm-hmm. imagine your first sesh is with snoop dogg like, oh, that's people. the story that we all want to tell <laughs> like her destiny was set yeah <laughs> <in> that moment <laughs> exactly exactly and i also love that she's not just someone in it to make money as well um social justice equity all of those things are really important to her and so working with veterans to help them access cannabis that's affordable and providing a place where veterans can educate themselves and also working with, you know, people who have been charged for cannabis and how passionate she is about how everyone needs to be included in this industry, especially around people with past convictions or criminal convictions who aren't necessarily, who are being limited to what they can do even within a legal industry. And I think that absolutely needs to come hand in hand with any legal industry like you cannot have people in jail for something someone is making money from you can't full stop yeah that's definitely something else that also really stuck with me is that how she was saying her taxes that she pays is keeping the people in jail she is paying to keep those people in jail when she has a license to do what they were doing that got them in jail in the first place and I could just understand the frustration you would have with living in a society that lets that happen Mm -hmm. it's almost like there's no human rights incredibly hypocritical Mm -hmm. that's a big issue we all have is that is exactly that Mm -hmm. and I also wanted to go back to the point about how she came from a skeptic point of view and that I don't know how much of a drinker she was but This was also the same with other guests where they dabbled in drinking or they were a drinker before, but once they discovered cannabis, they realized how much better it is and how much better it made them feel. And And better for them, right? Because we're not here trying to judge alcohol consumption or say, you know, turn around and be the ones to be like, alcohol consumption is wrong. Like, no. No, definitely not. Do what you want to do. No one's out here to stop you. Like we said, we're we're a judgment-free environment. We don't want to cast judgment of you enjoying your alcohol if you enjoy it and your body can handle it and you feel good all for it totally and I reckon because this was such a common theme amongst most of the guests where they didn't know how good it was until they tried it it makes me really wonder like how many other bellas and fellas that are out there that are suffering because they haven't discovered this amazing thing that can really do great things for you in your life Mm-hmm. that's just what really got me thinking like a lot of people are maybe fearful to try it or it's the stigma but if you really try it it can really become your new thing mm. yeah yep absolutely agree and so I guess that also relates to the Rose Renton episode of how her and her son Alex both never enjoyed alcohol and they both felt like they were allergic to it which is how you and I feel about alcohol as well what a hot wrenching but heartwarming episode that was I feel like and it might just be me being overly sensitive but at the time of recording obviously you heard I was bawling my eyes out and every single 
round of editing that I did on that podcast, I still bawled my eyes out at, to a point where maybe it was around the sixth time. And I was like, you know what? This time I am not going to cry. I know exactly what's <laughs> happening. And then as the conversation went on, I would feel the tears welling up. I'd be like, oh, no, not again. Yeah. It's an emotionally heavy episode. It is emotionally heavy, but that is also a reality for a, a lot of people when it comes to consuming cannabis medically. So many people are suffering because they don't have this option, which we all believe we should have the right to have. That also really opened my eyes up to the realities of medicinal cannabis in New Zealand. And how hard it is. I guess some people make it out to seem like, well, you've got medicinal cannabis. Why do you need legal cannabis? And just the barriers when it is medicinal cannabis in a in the structure it is here in New Zealand or here in Aotearoa, it's difficult. And I think it really just broke my heart that a Rose as a mother had to go through all of that in terms of working so hard to try and get Alex this, you know, access to cannabis that did help him and helped ease some of his seizures and and that sort of thing. But also knowing that Rose had to work so hard to provide her son with basically what was his dying wish, which she held on to. And I think that was, yeah, that was really heartbreaking, but also a real wake up call to how much progress and change we really need in New Zealand and also how much more education we need around cannabis, what it is, what it can do for people and why the affordable, accessible safe products are important and the tested products and I think someone who's fighting really hard and really advocating vocally from a political perspective is Chloe Swabrook just how vocal she's been about amnesty for green fairies and how completely unjustified cannabis prohibition is and how it really affects marginalized communities but also being very real about the hurdles that are still ahead of us when it comes to legal cannabis. It was both inspiring, but also a little bit discouraging (laughs) at the same time when you really look at, okay, politically, because that's really the only way change is going to happen, the realities of the political climate, and just, I think, where New Zealanders are at in general as a country in terms of their openness to change. You know, there's almost half of us that just want to see that change, but then there's a good still 50% that don't agree or don't give a shit. Which is unfortunate that there are a lot of people that don't give a shit. (laughs) Yeah, or don't know enough to give a shit, or they just see it as, well, it doesn't affect me, why do I care? Mm. I liked how you asked her what can people like us do to make a change in a prohibited country like ours? And she said, you know, you can lobby your local MP, which is something I never even thought of. Mm -hmm. And it's like, wow, it's so true. I can just log onto the government website, get some MPs email and just go hard out on the email. (laughs) Bold underlines. Yeah. I feel like that's really given me this passion to actually do that and contact these people and let these people know that there are so many people like me out there that want this to happen for these reasons. The power of your own voice. Yeah, I think it's so important. 
sometimes as an individual you feel like your voice won't matter or it'll get lost in this abyss but she definitely was a good reminder that every single voice counts and the more people that raise their own singular voices into this collective it's gonna get too loud to ignore at some point. I also really loved Mary's journey with cannabis and how we got to touch on health and weight because weight is such a huge topic not just for Bellas but also fellas and I think we have to recognize that you know fellas some people really it affects them mentally when fellas can't gain weight or lose weight and that's exactly the same with Bellas too where we do battle with body image body weight and I've definitely heard in my time and from circles around me of people that don't consume cannabis or Bellas that choose not to, a huge kind of hesitation for them was the munchies and gaining weight and that kind of thing. And I love that Mary's experience was that the cannabis was pretty consistent with her weight gain and weight loss. She really couldn't put the blame on the plant for that happening. Mm -hmm. Like she said, it was... A consistent thing in her life that maybe helped with the mental balance or mental health balance. I guess in that way you could argue it did help her, but you never really know. She would have probably still made the same changes with or without cannabis. What has your relationship to cannabis and weight been? I guess for me, my body type is I gain weight quickly and I lose weight quickly. Well, that's lucky. (laughs) (laughs) I guess lucky, but also unlucky. (laughs) I guess losing weight quickly has slowed down a bit with age, Mm. but gain weight quickly has never changed. (laughs) (laughs) When I first started becoming a frequent cannabis consumer in my early 20s, I was getting the munchies a lot, eating a lot, eating whatever, whenever, and I did gain weight and and I associated that to my cannabis use. When really now I see that it wasn't really the fact that I was using cannabis, it was how much I was consuming and that it was to a point where it was excessive and I was kind of just mindlessly eating whatever, putting whatever in my mouth without really thinking about the calories, how much I've already eaten. You know, I'll just go, sweet, salty, sweet, salty, sweet, salty. (laughs) (laughs) Just continue it until I pass out. The addictive cycle. Yeah, exactly. Which I sometimes do indulge in still, (laughs) but not as a frequent thing anymore. And so now I've really more adopted, instead of like mindless munching, the more mindful munching. Exactly like what Mary was saying about being prepared, having the healthy fruits and foods easily accessible, not having those cookies and muffins and chocolates And so it's also become a mental shift of knowing I have that control, I have that power. So really cannabis hasn't affected my weight in any way, it's more just my mindset towards it. Do you think it affected you and your weight or your relationship to weight and cannabis? I don't think cannabis has ever really been a factor with my relationship to weight because I've always had a complicated relationship to weight and food from a very young age because I was always on the bigger side classed as fat with a ph (laughs) thick with a double c (laughs) the good type of thick yeah (laughs) thick as in (laughs) yeah definitely bigger than average 
for most of my life and my weight has fluctuated a lot too. And that was, you know, at one point that was a real health reason. I was really, really sick and I'd never been skinnier in my life. I've also gained weight quickly over time. Um, But I think for me, I've always understood that that's more of my mental relationship to food and weight and body image, less with cannabis. So I've always understood that, but I've always also found it hard to control my munchies as well. But I think that's less to do with the cannabis and more to do with my relationship to food Mm. and um, my relationship to my body. Mm -hmm. So for me, I think I've always been able to separate the two because I've already had a complicated relationship with the first one from a young age. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Your relationship with your weight is completely separate to your relationship with cannabis. It's quite hard to say that one affects the other. Yeah. So in my ideal world, I would be able to choose the strains that are more appetite suppressing for me personally. Because I know the kind of spiral I can go down when I get the munchies. Mm. Even if there's nothing in the house, I'm going to find a way. Yeah, there's always <laughs> a way. The weirdest combinations are discovered by munchies. Yeah. The although, best munchies. Yeah. But I agree with the fact that it can help with mental or emotional instabilities or imbalances throughout your life, I guess. When used with intention, which is what I loved um, about Nicole's episode too. Mm -hmm. And even Dina's of, you know, when you're first looking to consume, you don't have to smoke the whole joint, you know, maybe have a puff. Even the advice around you could try a dab and just a little baby dab. You don't need a huge one. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a really important point about people's understanding of normal quote unquote consumption because... A baby dab could work really well for someone versus someone else might need a full two cones from a bong to go about their day. And I I truly don't believe that we should judge anyone for their consumption so long as it's working for them positively. If it's not positive and someone is going down a negative spiral, I think that there should be support around that. But I also think that's why education is important to teach people how to navigate their own consumption, find out what your tolerance is, what dosage works for you, and to discover that what works for you best. Yeah, and it's especially hard growing up in a prohibited country where we have never been taught what is normal consumption. Well, I guess for them, normal consumption is no consumption at all (laughs) because it's a bad, bad drug. We're working to be smoke-free in 20-whatever, was it? And I'm like... 325, maybe? Yeah, I'm like, but but weed's okay, right? Yeah. <laughs> that doesn't count, though, right? Yeah, that's not smoky, <laughs> is it? So what about you and normal consumption? Do you have some kind of perception of what normal, quote-unquote, consumption is for you? Uh, for me, normal consumption would say... I guess for me, I wouldn't use the word normal, but healthy consumption for me would be at nighttime before bed mm-hmm. or before I'm about to watch my anime, mm-hmm. having a few cones, just using that to relax and go to sleep. With that um, healthy consumption for me, because I say um, for me it's normal and healthy to take at night, but that's every day. Somebody would say that that is too much for them and so I would say 
normal consumption, I guess, for society, something to enjoy in the weekends, like some people would do with a wine. They won't have a wine till Friday night. Mm-hmm. So maybe that is what could be considered a normal consumption in society, mm-hmm. in a working society. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but other than that, I really have no grasp or idea of what is a normal level of consumption. Like, what would you classify as normal or healthy? I think with anything quote-unquote normal like you said doesn't really exist everyone is different everybody is different so I really like that you said healthy consumption for you because I think that's what people need to find for themselves not really hold themselves or anyone else to a specific standard of what consumption should be because you don't know what that person's dealing with mentally physically spiritually emotionally all of those things and all of those factors really affect what consumption is to you. I think so long as that consumption is still positive for you and that it's helping in a positive way, that to me is the consumption that I'd want people to find for themselves. Mm -hmm. Because for me, I've had different levels of consumption for different phases of my life. And some of those phases were because I was super uneducated And was just experimenting and not really knowing what I was doing and just navigating it to find what I liked. Mm -hmm. But there was also a point in time where I felt judged if I didn't consume a certain amount or a certain way. Mm -hmm. And then learning as I got older that actually, no, the intentional use of cannabis is really important. Or it's not important, but that's what really works for me. What shifted my consumption, but also understanding that It doesn't always have to be a lot. It can just be a little bit and I don't have to be so high in the sky. It could just be enough to take the edge off, enough to feel good, make me want to dance or do whatever. And I think too much, too little doesn't apply for anybody. But at the same time, there has to be caution around the excessive use of cannabis because like with anything, the overconsumption or excessive use of anything is not really going to be that great for your body you know you can't overconsume that amount of sugar consistently every single day and not have any repercussions to your health Mm -hmm. that's the same with deep fried food or whatever may be inflammatory for your body Mm -hmm. yeah and I think that comparison particularly in Aotearoa New Zealand we've got this real binge drinking culture and I think that can find its way into other the way other substances are treated Mm -hmm. and I think that's really dangerous because when you've got something like alcohol and the dosages the standard drinks all of that stuff is pretty commonly known and that education can be found almost anywhere and people talk about it pretty openly too cannabis can be misunderstood when it's compared equal to and directly to alcohol because sometimes alcohol here is treated like the purpose is to be as drunk as possible to a point where you don't remember what you said or did the next day Mm -hmm. and when you treat cannabis in that same way it can have really negative effects just like alcohol does your hangovers are going to be really shit and all of those things and so I think you can't base the consumption on the habits of alcohol culture. Yeah, definitely not. I remember the first time I felt like I really overconsumed was 
when I visited you in Canada and I had my very first edible gummy. <laughs> she just went straight up 400 milligrams. Yeah. I told her not to. Yeah. I was like, cut a little bit off. I think I consumed the whole thing, didn't I? You ate the whole thing yeah, and I was, was like, a... holy shit, what did you do? <laughs> I still have the photo of it before I consumed it because it's so embedded in my memory, but it's in my phone as well. But um, it was a butterfly-shaped gummy mm-hmm. and I remember I just like had little bits of it and then I was like, I'm not feeling anything, so I'm just going to have the whole thing. And then, yeah, that whole night, I just remember sitting on that couch and thinking, I haven't been this high in like ever I've never felt this before and then I just fell asleep and the next day we went to a park to enjoy the sun and all I remember is just flopping down on the picnic mat and falling asleep having a long ass nap in the sun just being incapable of doing anything because I was just so sleepy yeah and that was my experience of just fully over consuming I've only ever felt that strong of an effect with edibles. Like, I've never had that effect with smoking or vaping. I think the method can also really affect your effects with overconsumption. Oh, like, yeah. How have you overconsumed before? I've overconsumed too many times to admit. <laughs> many times. <laughs> too many times to admit. And yeah. I think with all the different consumption methods, too, and I think. Edibles is definitely the hardest one to manage because a lot goes into the process of edibles too. THC, CBD, all the cannabinoids are compounds that can change. They have boiling points, they have heating points. And so and when you are not as precise, especially if you're making your own edibles, it can really be unpredictable in terms of the effect it has because mm-hmm. THC heated above a certain point starts to convert to CBN, which is a lot more sedating than THC and so that can really knock you out and a couple years ago I think was the last time I overconsumed from memory I'd made some infused coconut oil from flour and I'm pretty sure I put some rosin in there me and a friend were like we want to bake and so we made some chocolate fudge brownie cookie things and we made a whole tray and it was great we you know, measured out all of the ingredients, baked it, and we were just chilling out watching stand-up. And we had two cookies each, and we're really having a good time. We were feeling good. We were eating popcorn, which was also medicated. (laughs) (laughs) Like, now that I'm saying it, I was like, I should have seen this coming. (laughs) But naturally, it started to take effect, and we were feeling really good, giggly, you know, just kind of floating on a cloud. And then the munchies started to kick in. And so we were eating more popcorn and then we would grab another cookie and then another cookie, (laughs) basically forgetting that these are medicated. (laughs) And so we were about five cookies deep when her boyfriend came around and had one cookie and was like, damn, I really feel that. And we were kind of like, really? (laughs) And then (laughs) we progressively got higher and higher and less functional and less functional And then both of us probably slept for almost a solid like two days. We would just get up for a water just to stay hydrated. But the room was kind of spinning and I was sinking into my bed, getting the sweats. You know, you really can't predict what would happen or you really can't control that, especially when you're making your own. Mm -hmm. And I think there's not enough information out there, particularly around edibles and making your own at home around dosing and what 
what you should start at. Mm-hmm. And that's why I love Nicole's point as well around rather than cooking it into your food, just sprinkle a little, little bit of oil on the top. So, you know, this is a tablespoon of oil mm. because then you're not putting it in a hot pan and you're not knowing whether it's converting into something else or how much is actually in there in your portion. Mm-hmm. All of that stuff is really hard to control. Mm-hmm. All those stereotypical stories of movies and TV shows of people like taking edibles and feeling like they're going to die and they're calling the ambulances saying like, am I dying? Am I going to die? Like it actually can make you feel like that when you are so like when you've just overconsumed to that point where it affects your mental thinking of it almost puts you in fight or flight when really all you need to do is just relax. Know that you stay can't hydrated. Die. Yes, you can't die as long as you stay hydrated stay calm it's gonna pass mm, versus like I've also overconsumed with like a bong because there was too much in a cone and I inhaled too much and then I just literally took the drawer inhaled everything and then exhaled and passed out at the same time <laughs> and so that can that can happen too which is why it's good to take baby puffs when mm-hmm. you start mm-hmm. and get familiar you know dip your toe in don't just dive in the deep end mm-hmm. yeah I remember when I first started smoking and I had a bong and I wasn't that used to them and I was gonna go cook some tonkotsu or something those patties where you put in flour and then egg and then breadcrumbs and then you deep fry it katsu katsu. yeah I was making katsu and I had a bong it was actually quite a big comb but I was feeling pretty nice and elevated and I was I went to go crack the eggs for the um egg dipping and for some reason like cracking the eggs and seeing that motion of the Bleh, bleh, bleh. <laughs> the eggs just dropping into the bowl. I was like, oh my I god, sick. I feel sick. It actually made me feel sick. So I was like, I need to go lie down. Like, the katsu can wait another day. <laughs> that was another case of over consuming with a bong, but that was fine. I just lied down for a couple hours and I felt fine. I'm pretty uh, sure you did that in LA too when you had like had a sesh, and I just oh remember you were telling me. She had a sesh, and then she went to go eat crawfish, like a big, like, crawfish boiler. Red lobster. (laughs) (laughs) Because, like, we've seen crawfish so much when you watch, like, YouTube or, you know, like, American content, and you're like, I really want to try it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It looked and sounded really delicious, and, like, I was so ready. I had my apron on, my gloves, (laughs) and then they just dumped this bag of, like, bug-looking prawns in front of you, like, literally in a plastic bag. And I'm like, what the hell is You were high as, and you were, like, seeing all these yeah. eyes staring yeah, back like at you. Yeah, like, slowly opening the bag, seeing these, like, claws <laughs> sticking out. I'm like, oh, my God. And that was the only thing I ordered as well. It was, like, I had nothing else to eat. Yeah, that was fresh off a joint as well. <laughs> <laughs> and I think I forced myself through a few crawfish, but I definitely couldn't finish the whole thing. Yeah. I was like, I should have just splurged on the lobster. Yeah. <laughs> but I was cheap with the crawfish. Yeah. You also wanted that experience too of like, what does it taste like? Yeah. And I think I just ended up ordering mozzarella sticks and just had that. <laughs> You're like, I can't tackle crawfish today. Yeah, exactly. And I, it's like, I was by myself as well. So I couldn't be like, do you want this crawfish? Yeah. I feel like if someone else was there, they'd be... Either A, freak out with you, or the, be the person that keeps you calm and is yeah. like, no, look, it's delicious. Exactly. Try it like this. Yeah. 
<laughs> so it also helps having that support person. I think just even the method of eating crawfish is pretty like wild in yeah. a way. Not wild, but you pull it apart, you suck the head, yeah. eat the meat. And it's like <laughs> that's the last thing you feel like doing when you're sensitive to everything around yeah, you, when you're exactly. high or elevated. Yeah, that was a lesson learned as mm. well. Yeah. No cracking eggs and crawfish when you're fresh off a bake. I feel like dealing with anything dead, mm. you know, like visibly dead. When I'm elevated, like meat can be pretty intimidating sometimes. Yeah. Um, my appetite can suddenly drop. Like you go to dinner with friends and you meet up with them and you're like, okay, like, should we have a sesh? And then we'll go for dinner. And you're like, yeah. And then you have a sesh and you're chatting away and you're feeling good. And then you sit down and you look at the menu and you're like, nothing is speaking to me. <laughs> like, yeah. I don't feel like eating. Uh-huh. I was feeling really good, and now that I have to, like, think about food, I'm like, I'm not in that headspace. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I get that so many times as well, and I'm like, why? I was so ready and prepared, and my body was ready, but all of a sudden, this is, like, the last thing I want to do. Yeah, I guess for us, or for me as well, it's hard to learn or to know what is normal, what's healthy and not healthy. We've never really had the standardized amount to tell us that this is the right amount for one person in one day. So I guess we've had to learn ourselves with trial and error what's a good level of consumption and what's an unhealthy level of consumption. There's just no black and white answer, I feel. Everyone's going to have a different level, and so there's no place to judge somebody in their consumption, and it's really something that should be talked about more, that there's not a standard. I agree, and I think that also applies to consumption method. Mm -hmm. Not one consumption method is more superior or better or traditional or OG than another Mm. um, because bong users can judge people who smoke from a pipe, who smoke from a vaporizer or someone that only dabs. Yeah, I mean, essentially it's all the same plant still. It's just whatever method you prefer. Some people, for health reasons, might not be able to smoke. Or, you know, in Danny's case, she's gone through some health things where she can't enjoy flour as much anymore. So she's shifted her consumption. And I, and that's what I love about the, the Bellas who have come on the show to share their consumption and experience is that a lot of them have had this journey. Not It hasn't stayed consistent in terms of their routine or ritual at all they've all had different they've all had changes within it whether that's consumption method the amount the type of product so we've really enjoyed sharing the stories from these women who love cannabis who integrate it positively into their life that's our purpose we really want to show that it's not as dangerous as it's made out to be when people are educated Around the safe consumption of cannabis, it can have positive impacts. And we also want to thank our guests too, because it was challenging to do this all remotely as well. Most of our guests, well, all of our guests pretty much other than you and I, we record this via the internet. So to our listeners who put up with sometimes when the connection wasn't as good and there were moments where it just kind of glitched, but you still persisted in listening, we really thank you. And we are definitely looking at trying to find ways to improve the quality, but sometimes it's just the nature of what it is. Even down to technical difficulties, I mean, to Mary and Nicole, we recorded the episodes twice because shit happened. No matter how much you prepare and how much you anticipate it, 
something's always going to go wrong. <laughs> yeah. And so to them, thank you for, you know, taking the time twice to chat to us and and share their story because because it's not easy to open up and share your personal story to to the world and to any to the people that are tuning in but it's really helped us learn a lot prior to being a part of Bella's Who Blaze I did feel like I was lonely regarding my cannabis use but now I feel like there is a community out there even though I don't know them face to face that there are people like me out there and that I don't feel as alone anymore. That's really great feedback to hear. And thank you again to everyone who listened in, who followed us on this journey of season one. And, and we're plugging away in the background, planning a season two. So stay tuned. DM us, send us a message if there's any particular person you'd like to see as a guest, any particular topics that you'd like us to chat through we're more than open to ideas and suggestions and incorporating what you'd like what you'd like to hear so don't be shy and hit us up yeah I'm so excited for season two as well I hope this podcast keeps growing the community keeps growing and that we can keep spreading the message and doing what we love which is talking about this plant that we love weed weed and (laughs) continuing the conversation with the bellas and fellas I completely agree. Thank you so much for tuning in to season one of the Bells Blaze podcast from wherever you are in this world. Make sure you give us a follow on all social medias at Bells Blaze to stay updated on the progress of season two. And we appreciate each and every one of you. That's me, Kaya Blooms, and this is us signing out. We will be back. Matane and Matewa. Thanks for listening to Bells Who Blaze.